theme going of the secret place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and of the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the error that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation." There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon a lion and adder. The young lion and dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let us pray. Dear gracious heavenly father, Lord, thank you for bringing us here today, Lord, to worship and praise your name. Lord, help us today to realize that you are the, the hiding place, Lord, the place that we are to go to when we are in trial, terror, or in, or in tribulation, Lord. When we go through the midst of the battle of temptation, Lord, help us to run nigh to you. Lord, be with us here today. Help us to hear your word. Let the Spirit flow through us today. Lord, help us to be great witnesses for you in the meantime. Lord, help us and bless the congregation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of the sermon of Psalm 91 is, You Are My Hiding Place. But before we get more into the text, I'm going to start off by sharing. So recently, I switched companies. I was working at Sugar Creek Packing Company, and I returned back to United Dairy Farmers and Ammonia Refrigeration. Um, The job has been uh, good for me so far, and the Lord has blessed me mightily through it. Well, I started my new job. There are things I have to come and learn again. Um, Not all was the same from when I was there the first time. And as I'm learning these things, I have to learn the way this company does it versus my previous company. You know, who to look to, who to go to with issues, all that stuff. Well, in the meantime, to help me through this, they gave me several men to learn from and gain information from so that I could be more valuable to the company. Well, a big part of my job is doing preventative maintenance. This saves the money, the company a lot of money from very costly breakdowns and repairs. And this act alone isn't something that is new to me, but again, you have to learn how that company does it specifically versus the last company. So... This is a very stressed thing. As I said, this saves companies a lot of money. So right away, 
United Dairy Farmers wants to stress getting me into learning how to do their PMs. So they asked me to come in on my first Saturday to learn how to do it. So I agree. I want to, you know, I want to be the best I could be and all that. And later on in the week, as I'm preparing for Saturday, I come to think about what we were going to PM. And I remember that it was going to be a crane. And I originally thought nothing, nothing bad. I've dealt with heights in the past. Um, then I began to think, how high in the air is this crane really? It was 96 feet in the air. And all of a sudden, I was like, I've never been that high up before. You know, this is, this is something new. Really far up for you guys who don't know. Well, I put my mind to it. You know, I've dealt with heights before. They have lifelines. I don't think much more of it. Well, Saturday rolls around, and I come in to do this crane PM, thinking that I was going to do it and be fine doing it. You know, just get it done, get it over with. So first, you know, like... I'm a person that when I have to do something that's a little intimidating me, I just want to do it. I want to get to it. Well, of course, they were using the crane, so I had to think about it the whole day coming up to it. And then we finally get to start it around midday, and we get to start on this PM. So we squeeze into this small cab in the crane, and it's not very big, and we go up, you know, 96 feet in the air. And I was on my way up, I'm like, ah, this is nothing, you know, it's a nice warm cab and a minus 20 degree freezer. I was like, there's walls around me, I, I love it, right? But then we stop. I'm like, oh, okay. And now it's time to leave this safe, warm cab, and you have to step off the crane onto a ladder 96 feet up in the air just to get to another platform and then grease bearings. Well, the more experienced gentleman shows me how to go about it, and he shows me, he shows me all the stops that the processes and all that. And then he's like, it's your turn. And I just freeze. I'm like, I've never been this high up before. I, this, is, this is something like, you know, this is something new. I, I couldn't move. I literally couldn't move. Uh, uh, my body, like the fear in my body just overtook me and it paralyzed me. Needless to say, the older gentleman was nice about it. He showed me how to do it for next time. I'm hoping there's not a next time, but I'm sure there will be. But, I felt bad. I got to stay in this warm cab as he's in a minus 20 degree freezer. But I tell you this embarrassing story because it provides value to what we talk about today because it's a, it's a topic many Christians struggle with just as I struggle with in this crane. Oftentimes when we are in terror or in fear, instead of running to our hiding place, the Christian oftentimes do, does exactly what I did in that crane, and you freeze. You stop. We get so terrified. We get so scared that we don't move. We don't run to God, and we don't go to Him as we're supposed to. It's important for us Christians to move to God in times of fear and in times of trouble. For God is our hiding place. As the psalm says, things will get hot, but we cannot just freeze in the spot and fall. We have to flee to God. And that's what we'll be discussing through this psalm today. So this hiding place we're going to talk about is key for three specific times in the Christian's life. The first time is being in times of trial. So if we read the first two verses again, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. So it's very key here looking in this first verse. The psalmist is exemplifying one thing through these first couple verses. And what is that something? That something is God. He starts us off by just exemplifying God and who God is and why He is our hiding place. The psalmist wants the world to know it is God who is our hiding place. It's significant, and it's so significant, he brings it up first. It shows how important God is in the midst of this whole psalm. He is the key to this whole psalm. And there's an exemplification, this exemplification upon God's name is by no deed over-exaggerated. It is fully warranted. Why is that? Well, first, God is the most high. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He rules mightily over both. We are in God's domain under God's control. We are in the midst of his great rule. Anything that comes to happen is allowed by him. Isn't that a comforting thought for us Christians? That in the midst of our struggles and our trials, that we could go to the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who owns it all. But it doesn't just stop there. Our God is also a God who is almighty. And in the Almighty, He provides His children with what He needs. Look at the Israelites. Time of the wilderness. Struggles they went through. The trials they faced day in and day out. God provided them throughout all those trials. When they were hungry, He provided them with manna. When they were thirsty, He provided them with a stream. There were snakes, gave them a cure. And now, for us today, when there is sin, he gave us a way of forgiveness. This is to say, God provides for his people. And having a God that provides for your needs should help us see him as this great hiding place. He will provide for you in your time of trial. He won't let you suffer and rot. He won't let you starve in the wilderness. He won't let you die of thirst. He won't let a snake's venom kill you. Our God will provide everything you need to prevail. That's why He sent His only Son. But it doesn't just stop there. God is our great hiding place in other ways too. And that's part of another reason is God does not break His promises. He is the Lord who makes covenants and keeps His covenants. Even when we fail on our side of the deal. How many times did the Israelites fail their side of the covenant? And even through that, He kept His side. He still is keeping His side. We neglect. We forget about Him. We break our promise. And our God in His covenant provides such great deeds for us. And we give Him very minuscule in return. But yet he still provides. He still keeps his promise. You know what makes this better? It can't be thwarted. The devil cannot cause God to break his covenant. We can't cause God to break his covenant. Our failures to keep our promise still will not cause God to break his covenant. Nothing can stop our perfect and holy God from providing what he promised. How does that sound in the time of trial? Amen? But again, we can even look further on this. 
We can see the power of God. And again, like what we talked about this morning, through creation. He created everything in seven days, six days, and took rest on the seventh. He created you and me. He designed it all. And he is a God who remains the king of creation. And as I said, it's in his domain and he rules. This exemplifies God's power in the midst of everything going on. And we have a lot of trials going on. But we can always run to our powerful God as our hiding place. We can stay under his wing, as this chapter says in the book of Psalms. All these reasons show us that God is our mighty fortress. He is impenetrable. No matter the challenge trials are thrown at us, no matter what the world hurls at you, no challenge can conquer the fortress that God is for the Christian. It says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl and from the noisome pestilence. After the psalmist is going forward and exemplifying our fortress in God, he brings up the enemy of the trial. The fact is, here in this world for us Christians, we will have many in this wicked world. The devil is leading wickedness day in and day out. He sets snares. He sets traps for each Christian. He tries to keep you far from your hiding place. He tries to bring you to how I was, and he tries to get you to freeze. He does not want you to run to God. But in the midst of the enemy and the hardship and the trials he brings about us, we must continue to just trust God in the trial. We must continue to run to him and not fall or concede to the trap set for us. Then it says here in verse 4, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Oftentimes, uh, birds to protect their young ones will shield them with their wings. And the psalmist is using this verse to show how God is as our hiding place. And the way he does that is bringing it to faith. Trials get hard, right? And in those trials, it gets hard when you don't physically see a fortress. But that's the amazing part about our God. You don't have to physically see it. You don't have to. We are saved through faith alone. A faith given to us by God. Faith that he went through Faith that he went through the wrath of God on Calvary for us. And having that strong faith is like a shield for the Christian. It's like that wing over you. It's, he's protecting you. As verse 4 says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. In times of trial, the psalmist wants us to realize that our shield relates with our faith. And this is done to exemplify that we need faith to be into God's shield. You need it. His shield will not always be visible, but it'll always be there when you have faith in the Almighty God. So we discussed how 
God is our hiding place in times of trial. But we could go another step further and talk about how he's our hiding place in times of terror. It says, Thou shalt, be af- thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the error that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high, the habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. We must remember, we are in a constant battle. We as Christians are in a state of war. We are in the midst of being in this war. And our boots right now are on enemy ground. Satan has an iron grip upon the world. And its effects bring many atrocities and many terrors for Christians. And the world is much more full of these terrors and atrocities than it is of the Word of God. Thus, we should be diligent. With having our boots on the ground of enemy territory, we have to keep this psalm upon our heart to constantly remind ourselves God is our hiding place. The psalm gives God's people hope in times of terror and madness. Think about all the madness today. I watched a movie recently, Sound of Freedom, all the child abductions, terrorism, wars, talks about one world order, other prophetic things in the book of Revelations. We start seeing form. We look at Hollywood and they're just warmly embracing Satan. It's evident that the world is a stage of going away from God. But just as the world heads to the stage of going away from God, we must understand that even as we are today, the psalmist here that wrote this is in the same exact state. The psalmist had his boot on, boots on enemy territories. Now, the psalmist isn't, we don't fully know who the psalmist is, but it doesn't even matter. Because ever since Genesis, when Adam fell to sin, we have been on, we had our boots on enemy territory. We have been in the midst of this terror. And the psalmist says, Thou shalt not be afraid by the terror by night, for the terror by night, nor for the error that flieth by day. The psalmist knew in this state he had a great refuge to take his place in. Even in the midst of a great battle. It didn't matter what the issue was or what terror brought forth to him. The psalmist knew God is our hiding place. And he is exemplifying it so that, and God puts it in his inspired word of God. So us Christians know today that even in this terror that we are going through, we understand that our hiding place will prevail over it, just as it did for the psalmist. It says in verse 7, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. We are the local New Testament church. We must realize that this psalm points to Christ and the work he's done on the cross. Now, I'm not here to say many people, you know, will go down this route. Well, 
this psalm is saying we won't go through hardship. I'm not saying that. You will go through hardship. Scripture says you will go and face hardship and persecution. But what about the psalm, right? The psalm is not bringing a Christian immunity from persecution, but it's bringing you comfort that in the midst of your persecution, we have a great God, as we talked about earlier, and He is with you all the way through it. Every Christian will prosper after persecution. All because of Christ. That's why I say this psalm has a big direction arrow pointing to Calvary. This hiding place is so key for that. So we talk about how God is our hiding place in times of trials and in times of terrors, but He's also in our time of temptation. Let's read a little bit more. For He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. The psalmist then turns further to the opponent that every Christian is familiar with. He was introduced three chapters into the Bible. And he has many different names given throughout it. But one thing Satan has known through this Bible is his ability to tempt people. We see it all throughout the Old Testament. We see it all throughout the New Testament. And guess what? We can see it all throughout the world today. He has an influence that has spread broad and wide. And for us Christians, being Satan's enemy means that we are in his line of fire and he has a big target on you. He has a target on us, right? He has traps and snares set for us. And many of his traps and snares he uses through temptation. We often get the misconception temptation is just the simplest. Yeah, go on ahead, you're mad, kill the guy. Go steal it, make some money. And you know, we, we're like, no, it's sin, we won't do that. But temptation is not always that simple. Satan is known to tactfully place temptation to the Christian. He makes, tries to make Christians slip up in any way he can. He uses Scripture. Look at what he did with Christ. He tries to use Scripture to make the Lord slip, and although that, of course, failed, he has used it to coerce many Christians today. We see all other Christian denominations, Christian denominations, and he has brought many away from Christ. And using these denominations, or people who think they knew Christ, these denominations often will, will advertise a freedom to worship, but ultimately it, it involves a freedom to worship the world. But it goes further, as many of these denominations don't even preach the right gospel. They preach a totally false gospel. 
believing they're in the light to sadly find out one day that they are not in it. Satan uses this through scriptures and he twists it to get people to go the path he wants. Satan has temptation lined up for each of us as his enemy. But in being God's children, we can know something from this text, and that is that God has fully anticipated it. Our God provides a triumphant path. We read 11 through 13 again. It says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion adder, and the, and the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. In the midst of the temptation that we know we will face as enemies of Satan, God promises us a way back to him. God does not leave us stranded in the desert. He doesn't leave you men in the middle of the ocean just to be fed on by sharks. We are simply not there. God provides us a way back to him, back to this hiding place, even in the midst of this great battle. Let's think about that for a second. We've all been put through the ringer, right? We've felt the pressure of temptation. As again, it's not the simple stuff. It's stuff that will actually pressure us. And we start to feel when going through this ringer that there's no hope. We feel like we're forgotten. Yet, in this inspired text, God gives us a way back to Him. Back to our safe house and refuge. In the midst of our temptation. Often at work, sometimes when things break, we get stuck in high-pressure situations. People are done. fix it, fix it now. You're losing us money. And oftentimes these situations involve us being at work for a very long time. And I'll tell you, like, these situations are demoralizing. You, you just think about going home. You want to get home. But instead, you're not home. You're working on something, and you can't leave until it's done. When I'm in these situations, I oftentimes think, you know, we think, I want to be home. I want to get home. I want to be with my wife. We want to be in what we consider a safe place. How nice in this time would it be just to get taken home? But this is what I'm getting at is in this text, God is actually providing that. In the midst of our battle, he gives you a safe way to the safe house. You can literally go from the battlefield in a mere second, go into your refuge. And just get, go quickly to our God that will make us triumphant in all things. Even when we're feeling the pressures of the war, the pressures of temptation, God gives us a true asset, and he does it through this inspired text. Now, to be clear, this text does not give us a realm to try sin out. And then once we start not liking the consequences of it, you know, run back and say sorry. And then once that's all done, then go back and try some more things out. It doesn't give you that. The devil again tried Jesus into that. Again, failing. Many false Christians live in this state of non-repentance. But instead, they're just sorry that they reap consequences that they sow. But God is simply providing a way back in the midst of the battlefield. 
And it's a triumphant path back to him. And it's still a path that will guarantee a win. A path where we could get rest, build back up, and go and fight our battles. And it's again an arrow pointing to the work Christ has done on Calvary. But not only is God triumphant, path guaranteed, but he gets further, it says, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is true love reciprocated here in verse 14. Then we see that liberty is reassured in verse 15 and that life is rewarding in verse 16. God allows temptation so that we can become better from it, not worse. That's why God gives his children a sure-fired path to victory in the midst of it all. This is the blessing we have from God being our great hiding place, especially in the midst of a treacherous world. As it says in verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the, of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Concluding, when we are in times of trial, times of terror, and times of temptation, how many of us truly flee to God to be our hiding place? How many of us put our eyes upon Him and take refuge in Him? Oftentimes, we like to turn elsewhere for this provision. We like to turn it into our family or friends or objects or materials. They're not bad people, but it's not God. It's not the right hiding place. Other things will give you false comfort or comfort that is not sufficient enough that he can provide. We can only take our refuge from the world in Christ. He is the hiding place we must flee to. He is the one we go to. He is the one that provides us the victorious path. And it's all because of that arrow pointing to Calvary. It's all due to what he did on the cross. So again, as we close, where is your hiding place? Is it in Christ? Let us pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to come here today. Lord, thank you for being our hiding place in the midst of all of our trials, Lord. We know we go through them daily. We know they're tough. But Lord, help us to foresee that we can run to you through all of it. No matter where we are, how deep we're in it. Lord, help us to see and flee to you in all these trials and issues. Lord, we are thankful that you are this type of God. The only true God and the God that is willing to allow us to take refuge in Him. Lord, we are grateful for Calvary and sending Your only begotten Son to die so that we may have a way to heaven. Lord, You, you have constantly over and over shown Your graciousness to us. Lord, help us to go into the world and show our thankfulness to You for You. Lord, help us to glorify Your name through the week and help us to be faithful witnesses. 
We ask this all in Jesus' name.